It's your host Travis, welcoming you to another episode of Football United vs Soccer City. In front of me on my laptop, I am viewing two soccer programs from over 40 years ago. The first is a Chelsea vs Illawarra souvenir program for a game that was played at Wollongong Showground on the 5th of June 1974. The second is an Australian Soccer Federation official souvenir program of the Chelsea Tour of Australia in 1965. One could say I am a Chelsea fan who wishes he was around when the Chelsea team visited the Illawarra in 1965 and 1974. But alas, I am a long-suffering Oldham Athletic tragic. The real reason for speaking to you, the listener, about these two programs is my interviewee on episode 3, played against Chelsea in 1965 as part of the South Coast Eleven, and managed the Illawarra team who played them in 1974. It is a statistic that not too many people in Australian soccer could say that they have achieved. But for Adrian Ringland, this is a reality. A young man who came over from Ireland and made a name for himself in the New South Wales Federation days of the 1960s as a defender, Adrian has a great story to tell you. Please enjoy the interview, and I thank you for listening to my little podcast about soccer in the Illawarra. Welcome everybody to the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. I'm here in Cordo Heights with Adrian Ringland, and uh, welcome, Adrian. Thank you very much, Travis. It's a pleasure to be talking to you. And thank you very much for having me in your home. It's greatly appreciated. Great. So, um, I guess maybe people of a younger generation, um, a very a lot younger than me and you, um, wouldn't know uh, about your career, and, and we'll get into uh, your career soon, but... Um, you didn't. You weren't born in Australia. Um, how did you? Uh, what was your early life like, and, and where did you come from? I was born in Belfast, Travis, Northern Ireland, in 1938, and grew up there until I was 22. I went to primary school there, and that's when I played my first football. And when I was 11, 12, 13. And then after that, went to work, played in the works team for a couple of years when I was only young. And after that, graduated to the Amateur League, which is a fairly big competition. I played in the Second Division Amateur League for a year, and then I graduated to First Division Amateur League. And so, who, who was your first club in um, in that second division amateur league? Thirty third All Boys, which okay. was a a All Boys division of the Boys Brigade. Okay. And the second, the first division club was Dunmurray Rec, Dunmurray Recreation, okay. and they were one of the top teams in the amateur league, first division, Northern Ireland. So, in Northern Ireland at that time, there was. Was there a professional league then, the amateur league, and then the second division, or was that division that you played in, the first division, the top league? There, there was 
the professional league, yep. which had the first division teams, which had reserve teams in the in the lower division, the B division, or reserves, whatever, which also incorporated uh, some local uh, countryside teams, other yep. than the reserves of the the first grade sides. So that was one down from okay. the, the Premier League, so obviously. It's still a, a high standard. It was a reasonable standard. Um, there was that many competitions. There was about five divisions in the amateur league, okay. and then there was there was uh, minor leagues, which you know was a portrait position for amateur players because if you didn't make it in minor league, you could play. In lots of other leagues, you'd find a spot. You could find a spot. In other words, you could register for more than one club. Oh wow! You could register for one club in the first division, amateur league, yeah, and then any club in the lower divisions. Plus, you could register in the, the minor leagues. Yeah. So, as an amateur player, you weren't really restricted. And so you said you started when you're twelve or thirteen, which yes. is. I guess a lot later than than um, a lot of uh, kids, uh, boys or girls, pick up the game. So um, was there a reason that you started late or it was you just didn't find um, there wasn't a reason for you to play or you just weren't interested until you were 12 or 13? There was no sort of um, organised junior leagues. What we used to do is play with the, an old tanner ball or old paper ball in the street. So you were, you were, playing, you were playing at a younger age, but it was but, just out, but, out size, of Yeah, no organised, nothing organised. The first lot of organised football was in the schools, and that was usually later on, you know, when you're getting ready to leave the school. Yep. So uh, when you, uh, obviously you had an interest in it when you started playing organised in the schools, and then you went to this uh, second division team. So um, obviously you enjoyed it and um, uh, progressed into this first division team in the amateur ranks. So um, what age were you then when you were playing in, th- in, those, in those amateur leagues in, in Belfast? 18. Okay. And so um, did you notice yourself that um, you could play a bit or... Um, you had to work hard at, at how you played and, and, and your skills and whatnot. I had to work hard. Yep. I, had to, I worked very hard. There was, like I said, there was times I find it hard to make a school team, but nobody in the school team went any further than what I did because I wanted to. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be a professional footballer. Yep, that was the, the objective? That was my objective from was about 14, 15. And uh, I sort of made that a little bit. But I had I had chances. I represented the Amateur League against the league, uh, Amateur League in Southern Ireland yep. and played well. And every other year the Amateur League had a trip to Scotland to play Scottish Amateur League. Yep. And that was a big trip. I made that. And before I went there, one of the officials of my amateur league club said, do not sign for any Irish league club. They wouldn't tell me why. Okay. But I squeezed it out of them. 
and I had three clubs interested, I believe. One was Rangers in Scotland, yeah. one was Burnley, who were first division then, and one was Chelsea. Okay. And unfortunately, when I got to Scotland, couldn't kick me on ice. <laughs> excuse, excuse that bit. No, that's okay. And uh, so that interest dropped that, off. That that dropped off. I still wanted to play, but uh, the guy that Burnley took, you know, in the position that I was playing, went on to he he. he Played for Burnley for years, and he represented Northern Ireland, Captain Northern Ireland. Oh wow! And who was that? A bloke called Alex Elder. Oh wow! So you're playing in uh, the first division of the uh, amateurs in Belfast, and then make that amateur representative team a couple of times. And so, what was the next move out of that that amateur amateur division? Did you then go into the professional league? In, in Belfast? Yes, I signed for uh, I signed for Portadown in the in the Irish League Division yeah. One or or so that was the sort of start. I was an amateur there and I played one game against the top side there in Limpil. There was a big bloke called Jackie Milburn playing for Limpil who he was a, a big idol on Tyneside for Newcastle. Yeah. I had a great game, and uh, two nights later, the manager came around at midnight and signed me as a semi-professional. So um, wrong mistake. That was a mistake. It was. That was a mistake. So, in one sense, it was, I guess, an objective, like you said, to become a professional footballer. Yeah. But you're now saying there was a mistake. Why was it a mistake? Because I didn't have enough advice as to why I should have, I, I should have sent that manager packing, or my dad should have. Yeah. Because he was the same. He said, oh, "It's great. He's going to be a professional, semi-professional footballer." But you know, sometimes that's not always the case. Okay. And um, when did you realise, Porter Down, that okay, maybe I shouldn't have signed here? Oh, probably 20 years later in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> or my brother was the same. He said, you shouldn't have done it. Yeah. He, he was older, wiser, but he wasn't living at home then. He was... So you thought, in hindsight, you know, a, a couple of decades later, that maybe you should have just bided your time? Yes, and yes. Then, um, and waited for potential other offer, offers to come through? Yes, yeah. yes. And so you're at Portadown then? Um, yes. Obviously, at that time, you're pretty excited, I'd, I'd imagine, that you're a semi-professional footballer. Oh, yes, yes. You're still working at this point in time yes. and playing football. How many nights do you train a week? Two. Two. And and Portadown, at, at that point in time, we're talking the, the latter part of the, the 50s we're talking here that you're, you're playing with them? Yeah, it would have been 50... 58, 59 season. Yep. And so uh, what did you get out of that that first year with them? Oh, it was just the... Uh, I played a few first grade games and then I played a lot of reserve grade games. Yep. Because I think sometimes you can get a bit carried away and you think you're better than what you are. And... 
Some people bring it back down to earth, and that's what happened. Yep. So I, I continued on that year and signed up the following season. Started off okay, but then <laughs> things fell away again. And I had a situation where I had to get a day off work, which the company wouldn't let me take. Yeah. So I took it, lost my job over that, and the, the club had advised me, let it go, we'll get your job. So that was okay, but I then again was out of the first grade side, so nobody's really interested. When you're not playing and, number yes, and for weeks and weeks and weeks I was taken along as a, the 12th player in the first grade team yep. at a time when there's no replacements, so I wasn't playing. I wasn't getting a run in reserve grade, so I wasn't very happy. So you weren't match fit, you weren't sharp? I, was, I wasn't playing matches, but I was, I was still training mm -hmm. hard, you know. And, and then... Uh, a couple of mates of mine said they were coming to Australia. So I said, that sounded like a good idea, you know, because I'm not doing any good. I find myself a job, like I said before, and, uh, and decided we'd come here. So just a, a couple of friends in your age group? You know, yeah, so a couple of mates, yeah. We're going to Australia, more for, for job opportunities or just a bit of a... Bit of an adventure. holiday adventure. Adventure, yeah. And so um, so how did you extricate yourself out of your uh, contract or uh, with Porter Down and, and what did your parents think? Well, my, parent, my, my parents had really lost my daughter to America, so they, they were always off the... The opinion that you got to do what's best for yourself, yep. and uh, so, so this this is when you're around twenty one, twenty two. Yes, yep. I was, I was twenty one, and funny enough, as as I sort of look forward more to come to Australia, I wasn't worried about football, and I was playing better. And actually, we, I, was, I got back in reserve grade. We had a great run. We got in the final of one of the major cups for B division teams. Yep. And that qualified us for the senior Irish FA Cup. Okay. And our first grade team lost on the Friday night, and we beat a first division team on the Saturday. So we, we had a good run. We lost the game, but... Four of us got picked in the Irish junior team to play Scotland. So an under-23s team? No, it was a junior. A it's, uh, junior. It was, uh, it, but there was no age on it. It, it was, it was from junior. the junior leagues, okay. uh, from the Irish league down, like the yeah. B division team. So yeah. you weren't 16 or you weren't... It was just... Yeah, yeah. You, you could have been any age. If you're you were playing in that B division uh, or yeah, and that turned out to be the last game I played in Ireland. For your country. For the country, yeah. So how did that make you make you feel in terms of, I guess, there's a lot of uh, things running through your head at that point that 
you're leaving the country, you're leaving your parents, but you're yeah. also representing your country. Yeah. So it must have been mixed mixed feelings there in terms of that's most people can't say that they've represented their country. No, well, it, it was a real funny one too. Like it was, it was played about the, the match was played in a on a ground which was about maybe fifteen twenty minutes from where I lived. Yeah. So, um. I'm with mum in the morning, and, you know, with the family, and I said, you come to watch me play, mum, did I? She said, no. <laughs> I said, I'm playing for arm, and that's my shit, so. So that's why I love my mother. Yeah. She's not one of these parents, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's what happened. So I went and had a reasonable game. So, so um, with Portadown, they were fine with you, with you leaving? Were you near the end of the season, and they and you just went to them and said, "Well, look, I'm I'm going with a couple of mates to Australia. I'm not going there to play or do anything. Um, I'm I'm finished. I'm finishing up." And and that was that, or they were unhappy. That happened about two months before yep. I started playing reasonable. Yep. I told them the manager was coming to Australia, yep. and he agreed to give me release. Okay, but after the Irish game. I went down to training at Portadown to see the boys to, to say, say goodbye. goodbye. Yep. So as I, as I walked into the shed, the manager grabbed me. He said, "You're playing first grade Saturday." I said, "I'm not, boss." I said, "I'll be on my way to get the boat to Australia." He said, "You're not going." I said, "You've given me a, a clearance already." I said, "I'm going." He said, "Stay." I said, "No, I'm going." I said, "I made a commitment." And then I said, if I don't go, I have to pay the fares, return fares, which is, I think, maybe a little bit bullish. And he said, we'll pay it. And I said, dear, like you got me a job when I needed one. So that that was it. Yep. That was it. I'm on my way. I'm so, on my way to Australia. <laughs> so you and, and two friends? Yep. And um, we... What about that journey to, um, I guess there'd be uh, butterflies in the stomach about going to a new country or had you have, uh, had you have corresponded or heard about other people from where you're from in Belfast coming to Australia or, or this was pretty pretty new for you and the, the two friends? Pretty new for the two blogs but we, we, we weren't worried. We were 22, 23. Invincible. Invincible, yeah, invincible. That's a good word. And... Uh, we weren't really worried. We thought, well, you stay there two years, you can almost come back. So it was a two-year sort of trip where you had returned fares and... Um, no. No, just one way. <laughs> yeah, just one way. So uh, how long did that journey take? Four weeks. Four weeks. And, and so you, you left from Belfast or where did you... We left from Belfast and we went travel to... We, we travelled across to Liverpool area and into yeah. London... Yep. which we stayed overnight. And we watched Spurs and Fulham on the Saturday. Wow. Get a game in before you Yeah, go. and on the Sunday. Was that at uh, Craven Cottage or...? It was at... What uh, was what Spurs? White Hart Lane. White Hart Lane, wow. A bit different. That was the year before they started to be... The year before they won a double, actually. Yeah. Oh, wow. The first time... In that century, that the team had won a double in the English League. That was Spurs. They're a good side. 
So yeah, you stayed, and then you're off off back on the boat. Off to the boat we were. And so then, um, where did you? Was there any other stopovers, and and how was that four week journey? The four week journey was great. It was a holiday. <laughs> and, uh, we we stopped at a few places: Gibraltar, yeah. Naples, uh, Navarino Bay. I think it was in Greece. Yeah. Portside, Aden, Colombo. Which is in Sri Lanka and then Perth and Melbourne and So you yeah. get you get off in Sydney after four weeks and a bit of fun. So what did you and your two mates do? Um, he, he, did you have a, any digs or any place to stay or oh, you usually have when when you come as a migrant yep. they usually arrange you for to stay in a hostel for a week. Okay. And then after that you're on your own. Yep. You know, you've got to get out and and, and do something. So where was your uh, hostel that you stayed in Sydney? Walgrove. Yep. And, ha- oh. and how did you find that? There was a, a mix of people there that... Yeah, but we didn't we didn't find it too bad because we were hardly there. We just said, to him, well, why are these places like this? He said, well, do you want to stay here? We said, no. He said, that's why they're like they are. <laughs> we want you to get out and assimilate. But it was, it was funny before that, on, on the... When we got to Melbourne, yep. there was a guy come to see me. And uh, one of her mates had come out about three weeks before us, yep. and he was he was living with his grandfather at Epping, okay. and he was tied up with the football club. And my mate had said, oh, this bloke coming out, he plays Adrian football. Play, yeah. yeah, so this bloke flew down to Melbourne, and he come to see me and he wanted me to fly back to play. He wanted me to sign. I said, no, I've been on a ship for three, four weeks. I said, I couldn't play tomorrow. I said, I, I don't reckon I could walk. So anyway, I, I waited, you know. And uh, So what what club was he from? Uh, at that stage, it was Northside EPT. Okay. And so uh, that was the electric power transmission? Yes. So yeah, they, they had amalgamated it with... Uh, Lane Cove United to try and get first division status. And so he's through this conversation that he's had with your other friend, yeah, who was involved, yeah, said, "Well, I've got a mate. He's played back over, yeah, in Belfast with Portadown, and then this guy has from the club has flown down to see you, yeah, when you got into Port. And uh, one one of the big things was the last game I played was for Ireland. That was a big thing." So that was a big... So that was a help big in those you. days, you know, because, you know, when I left, the immigration people had told me there's no football played in Australia. So these guys had come and made an offer, which I thought was great. But that, that, wasn't, that wasn't the end of it, that in Melbourne. At the end of the day before the ship sailed, I had some blokes come on board from George Cross yep. in Melbourne. Strong club at the time. Yeah, yeah, and they wanted me to sign, and I said, how do you know about me? He said, I mean, by night, and I worked it out that some of the boys had gone on a trip, and they were in this taxi cab, yeah. and the guy, I think, was Maltese, yeah. and they had told about this bloke that's on the ship, he can play football. So they, <laughs> he got on, and on the ball. Away they came. So I said, no, I'm going to Sydney. So uh, you've come to a different country when you're told that there's no real 
association or soccer yeah, football being yeah. played, and then you get into yeah. the port of Melbourne, yeah. and then twice you're sort of yeah. accosted, and yeah. well, maybe not accosted, but yeah. Yeah, it would have, seemed, it would have yeah. seemed a bit strange, wouldn't it? It was, yeah. It said, this side's all right, you know, like... Like, I guess you worked it out in terms of... Um, Northside EBT, the connection there with yeah. a, a mate that was living with his grandfather in yeah. Epping, but yeah. the other one, a, a sort of a coincidence that the cab ride, and then he obviously yeah. had something to do with the Maltese club, yeah. and then yeah. uh, so you get back on to Melbourne, and then um, you get into Sydney, and, and, and apart from staying at the hostel for a week, uh, what transpires after that? Well, we just uh, we started training that week because the club were good. They sent people like to pick us up we would get to train into Sydney so and straight away coming to the hostel the club had met you at some point yeah and said look we're still interested yeah come yeah and, yeah. and train and so your mates included or just you they're included I always included them not that they one of them one of them played but the other one couldn't <laughs> but he said he could but he always had an injury so he didn't have to prove it so they they were more interested in you but they said yeah guys come yeah. along and they also helped everybody get work, which is good. So from that, I guess, chance conversation with a mate that was in Epping with his yeah. grandfather, it allowed you to get work. So where did you work? Uh, place, I worked in the Shell oil refinery in Greenwich for a couple of weeks, and yep. uh, that was interesting. And then I had a couple of weeks there, and then I went and worked for Kimberly Clark. Yep. You know who Kimberly Clark is? Yep. Kleenex and all that sort of stuff. So I worked there for three years. And that and that is through Northside EPT. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. And that helped. And 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 people, you know, that looked after us, they they were very good. So um, this is nineteen sixty. We're talking. Nineteen sixty when we arrived here. Yes. So um, and, and what rough date were? What sort of month did you come into the April? April. So the, se- the season was a, about to begin. Uh, I or maybe well, yeah. pre-season had started. Yeah, the, uh, we're in the season. Yeah, and so um, they—I don't think they had been a merged entity for too long. Um, no, outside EPT. So, so where did they where did they train and play at? And, um, and what, Lane Cove. At Lane Cove. And yeah. What, and what did you think of the club when you arrived for training? It was different. <laughs> Yeah, it was, I was a bit disappointed the first year because I the first game I played... It, and it was First Division Federation yes, football that you yeah, played. So yes, yeah. For our younger people um, that don't know about um, Federation football in the 60s, um, the First Division was pretty much a de facto A-League, you know, Sydney and Melbourne. Yes, and yes. maybe to a lesser extent Adelaide were pretty much the best leagues that you could play in. And, and Brisbane. And Brisbane. And Brisbane had a team. Probably the two big ones were... Melbourne and Sydney. Melbourne, Sydney. So you um, started training, and so I guess it's strange, you know, you you get off the boat, your football's given you this opportunity. Yeah. Um, I guess there's a lot of talk in the media, and there always has been since the, the post-war immigration, that, um, you know, um, soccer's one thing, or, you know, the yeah. Johnny Warren... Sheila's Wogs and Poofters, but yes, really, it, yes, yeah, yes. You know, whether it was with I was the lucky. Maltese Club in Melbourne yeah, or yeah. EPT Northside, it's it gave you straight away employment and the yeah. chance to assimilate. Yeah, it? yes, and we were lucky because we all, you know, it's not only playing the football, but you meet 
the supporters and it's it's easy to assimilate and mix and, make and mix you know because people come to you then yeah. though they couldn't understand you that didn't matter <laughs> but the first game I played in Sydney was against Prague wow, who were a, a who were a top side then and uh, they had players like Nina's brothers, yep. Sagi, Andy Sagi, Carl Yaris, uh, Baumgartner had left in, but they were a, a great side. Ronnie Lord with some goals. Wow. And um, we drew 3 all. You know, had a good game. So, so I guess we've, uh, and excuse and I apologise to the listeners, I'm not a great interviewer, but um, so what was your um, position? That you you normally played in. I was I was a fullback yep. mainly, but I played centre half that day. Okay, so um, three all, um, and if you had to, even though it's apples and oranges, when you're playing with Porter down, um, compared to say playing at Lane Clove or, or playing against Prague, or, what were the crowds, the differentials, or what were the differences, or did you? Were the grounds better in in Ireland or softer? Yep, probably probably a bit better. Um, probably Irish League might have been a little bit better. Yep, but certainly great players here in that era. You know, and and they like they didn't train as hard as what I mean. Baumgartner, Yarosagi, and Handorf, and all those guys. They came from good clubs. Yeah. They they actually played top football. They had, they had pedigree. Yeah, they had pedigree. Yeah, and there was a lot of good players around that. You know, the early sixties, sixties up to brilliant players. You know, and and, and uh, it it was it was something. It was interesting because I I played against Big Herb Ninos, and our coach was a guy called Colmeyer whose yep. brother had played for Germany in, when they won the World Cup in 54, I think. Yep. And I remember his instructions to me. He said, if Nina goes to the toilet, you go and wait on the sideline until he comes back. <laughs> <laughs> and I find that strange. You know, I find the man-to-man, you know, like all players were man-to-man marking us. And why don't we just keep it, you know, but it was good, good fun. So um, it was a great, um, I guess, introduction into the country. And then uh, we'll get back to the football shortly. But uh, what were your thoughts on, on Australia and, 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 and Sydney itself? People were a bit strange, I thought, yeah. but good. You know, I, I find that Australians then, I think you really had to get to know them. But I'd never met a bad one. Yeah. You know, they were always good to us. And, and I had a pretty pretty hard year the first year because after four weeks I injured, I injured my foot and couldn't play okay. for the rest of the year. I could play, but I couldn't play first grade. I was able to play reserve grade, but it, as a passenger on the left wing, I couldn't kick my right foot. So just so that was that was uh, a bit hard to take. And so, um, are you uh, in between working for Kimberley Clark and and at the, at Shell um, and, and training with football? Are you, yeah. Are you getting out and, and and seeing the sights, so to say? 
Oh, we uh, we done all right. We we were we, we were able to meet a, a few young blokes, you know, that were surfers and that, and we went <laughs> and and we we go to the beaches. We go to Balmoral Beach and and uh, sometimes the boys that could swim would go to Harvard and all that, you know. But it's good. It's some there's some good lads around, you know. So you were fairly comfortable and. Um I guess, do you think um, it made it easier coming into playing football again that something that you were playing in Ireland, so you came over here and it made that transition into a new country a lot easier? Oh, yes. Yes, it does. You know, and plus the fact I didn't have, you know, there was no wife or anything because, you know, a lot of the guys find it hard with the wives. The wives find it hard. Because when the guy comes to play football, he's... He's training, he's playing, he doesn't do much, so the, the, the girls missed out a bit, and a lot of guys went home because the girls got homesick. Yep. But a lot of them stayed too. So um, in terms of um, uh, money, was it a, a reasonable amount of money or was it less than what you were getting paid at Portadown? No, it was good money yep. when they paid it. So it was just a matter of when they paid it? Yeah, when they paid it, it was a bit hard to get the money, you know, and, uh, it, you know, you, you don't like going chasing it, but uh, if you if you sign for something and they agree to pay, you expect it, but sometimes there is no money, there was no money around, so. So you, you finished the 1960 season and you were injured, like you said, and, and yeah. played a bit of reserve football. Yeah. And then um, from my research, I think you spent another... Two seasons there. Yes. And I yes. think the, the last That's season, good. the last season, you were, they, were, they were relegated. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna. I think. I think maybe the year after, or maybe sixty one or sixty two, they merged with Polonia. Is that right? No. What, what happened in in uh, in sixty one? Yeah. In sixty one, uh, Northside emerged with Polonia and so APT. Okay. They were. They were gone. The flick. They, they were gone, and then that was that was a good year. Sixty-one. We, yes, we just missed out in, on getting into the finals, and we were we played good football. I probably played with one of the best players that ever come to Australia, a little guy called Joe Galeska. Wow. He was a centre forward, and he was just and where was he'd be he, one of the where best. Where was he from? He was from Polish. Poland. He was Polish. He, there was four Polish guys, and uh, they were all good players. So, what I find um, fascinating looking back at, at these federation days is that you've you've got um, high quality soccer players or footballers from other countries, and then you've got a, a mix of nations playing against each other. I, I, I think it's wonderful in the crowds and. And the passion involved. Uh, what were your thoughts on playing against playing against different clubs from different nationalities and and the crowds that came to watch? It was always okay. There was some, you know, in those days, it could get a bit, you know, they could ugly. get a bit stirred up and they yep. could get ugly, and mainly because a lot of guys, a lot of them are migrants. Their only outlet was the football. Maybe some of them gambled a bit, but we've only had really two bad incidents. 
And uh, unfortunately, no one was it went with Park in 1965 versus Panhellenic. Yeah. That was ugly. And that was when you were South Coast. So you yep. with you with uh, Northside Polonia, and you played the next two years there. So um, yeah, how were you developing as a as a footballer, and 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 you, were you still enjoying it? Oh yeah, I loved it. I loved it at Poland because that Polonia, but the Polish people, like most you know ethnic people, love the football, yeah. and they just love that the guys just playing. And I had I had a pretty good, you know, a good reputation with the the Poles, and yeah. they were a good side. We were just finished out of the four, and I think uh, four of us. Four of, us, four of us represented New South Wales that year. Oh, wow. Against, uh, we played up in Queensland. And so, um, I guess uh, you must have been uh, fairly proud inside in terms of, you know, coming to a new country and then uh, representing the state. Yeah. And, and then, you know, your last game in Ireland is, is representing yeah. United at a junior yeah. level. So, yeah. um, you know, you must have been fairly fairly proud of that, that achievement. Yeah, well, it was. It was a good side too. That you know, I had uh, Dutch goalkeeper. I was right full back and Hungarian. And the easiest thing for me was Jimmy Kelly was playing in front of me. And Leo Baumgartner was in that team too, along with Vernon Wenzel. So it's really the name. Uh, it was a star-studded team from, yeah, uh, from uh, the late fifties, early sixties of yeah, Federation football. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a good side. It was it was a hard game. We won two one, I think. So what um, what colours were the the New South Wales team playing in? Oh my goodness, that's a good question. I think the sky blue. <laughs> okay, and, well, and got no photographs of that or anything, you know. And with um and with Polonia, what colour did Polonia play? in? We played in white, yellow. Okay. Yeah. White shorts, yellow tops, red and white ring socks. Wow. Well, that, like I said, that's, and as you've just pointed out, that's one thing you don't get from some of the newspaper archives is is the colours and, no, and what no. the teams played in. You can guess and sometimes it's described, but I guess the papers back then took it as, you know, assumed knowledge that, People reading about the game are the people who go to watch or know yeah, about it yeah. anyway. So yeah, sixty-one seasons great. You represent the state, and you go into the sixty-two season. Um, I guess going in with confidence as the team. So you ended up, uh, I think, last. We did. Uh, so what 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 changed when you're out of the? You're just on the edge of the top four the year before, and and was it just a change in players and? Yes, it was. We lost. We lost. Uh, we lost two of the Polish players. Goletska went back home. A big centre half called Stan Skilarik. He went to Melbourne, and we lost Johnny Wong to Apia. Johnny was a Malaysian player. He's a very good player. So, and then we there was a lot of young blokes come in, who weren't bad, but it was just You've got it was hard. And so, what, what were your thoughts? What were you thinking at that point in time? Were you contemplating to move, or or were you just happy at Kimberley Clark working during the week and and playing with Northside Polonia on weekends, or were you contemplating 
I'm not happy here or you're just getting on with things. Yeah, well, the, the approach is made to me at when we played the state team okay. to come to South Coast. Is that the year before? That was 62. Two. So you played in the state team again? No, no, oh, sorry, 61. 61. Sorry, Travis, yeah, 61. Uh, and uh, and that's Jimmy Kelly approached me to, okay. to come to South Coast. And I guess for our younger listeners there that um, don't know their history much, uh, Jim Kelly was, uh, I guess, a first division or Premier League footballer from England that came across to uh, South Coast. Yes. And um, was playing and, and coaching. And, yes. And was an extremely good player. So um, he approached you at that state game and said, well, um, why don't yeah. you come down? We yeah. can find your work and yeah. we'd love you to come. Well, he didn't say work, but it's probably that would come easy. Yeah. And so obviously you didn't go anything further and played the 62 season um, with Northside. Bone. I couldn't get away from there. Okay. You were contracted? Well, yes, it was, but the contract was, it was the same. The money started to run out when you asked for it. It didn't come, and then they put they put a ridiculous transfer fee on me. And that was at the end of the sixty one season. Was, that was during the sixty two season. season. So you you come to the end of the sixty two season. Um, your team's being relegated to the federation yeah, second yeah. division. You want to keep playing in the top league. Yeah. Um, what what then happens? I was able to get away. Yep. And then did and you get in from... contact with South Coast at the time? No, or? no. They they got they. Chased me up. And was it a, a man of the name of Birch? Was That's it? right, yeah. 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 So what was his first name? I think Travis. Was, I think there was a. Nearly like years, except probably. With he, yeah, yeah. So Travis um, Birch gets in contact with you, and I think he's, I think his brother might have been involved as well. And so, um, what? apart from going, coming down to uh, Winona Sports Ground and, and playing in the uh, previous couple of years, did you know anything else about the South Coast of, or the Illawarra? No, no, didn't know a thing. So um, it was really just a, a bit of a leap of faith that, okay, yes, I know yeah. the club, Yeah. Jim Kelly's a, a superstar, yeah. and um, he said, yep, let's do it. Yep, that's, that's what happened, where we went, here we are. <laughs> so you, you came down here, and, and, and where, were you, where were you living at that point in time? Well, we were living in a... A house in uh, Yurunga Street at, with Johnny Brownlee and, and Jim Harris. Yep. And uh, that house plus two others is not where that new hospital stands, you know, yep. Wollongong Private. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, I was there for a, a couple of, well, probably a couple of months. Johnny Brownlee, myself, Jimmy Harris had moved on because his wife came back. And we rented a flat that Reg Birch had it in Colwell Avenue, Tarawana. Yeah. And uh, I stayed there for a few months. And then I moved, that's when I moved in with the Scots. Okay. So, um, and where was that at? That was Yule Avenue. Okay. At Carmel, just up off Angel Street. Yep, yep. So you're there and... um start training uh, out at Winona Sports Ground and, and, and what were your first thoughts of, of South Coast United? Well, a little bit more professional with, uh, with Jim there. Yep. 
So was he still playing as well as coach? Yes, he was. Very good player. Yep. He was a better player than he was a coach or a manager. And do you think um, because of his playing ability, people sort of forgave the the lack of uh, coaching ability then because he could prove it out in the ground? Well, it all depends on how you... Uh, how you rate a coach or how you yep. analyse a coach. Yep. You know, do you have to coach first grade players? Coaching's all about trying to teach people how to play. But so he, was more he, 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 he was a captain by example. That's A, a lot of other players will, will, will have a different opinion of me, of course. But you were fine with that? I'm fine with that. So, 63, I guess, was a stellar year for a lot of reasons, but ultimately um, we'll talk through about getting to that grand final against Arpia, but in front of 30,000 people. But um, how was that, that season before getting to that grand final? It was a good season. You know, we'd we done well. We'd done really well at home. And... We didn't do as well away, but we did get some, you know, fairly big scalps away. Uh, and we finished fourth. And um, what about South Coast United? What were the, the colour shirts and shorts that they played in? Red and white. Yeah. Red, red shirts with a, a little insignia on it. Yeah, with the SCU. Yes, <laughs> you've done your research. Yeah, and white, white. White shorts with red socks, a white top. Okay, and and what about the uh, the crowds that were in the sports oval there? I, I, I guess that they varied depending on what club you played against. Yes, the bigger there was a lot of away fans came with the uh, the bigger clubs like Arpia and Hagar yeah. and the like. Yeah, but how did you find the uh, ground itself? Because from from other people I talked to, the old uh, in a sports ground or the old Balls Paddock for the younger listeners was a, a great ground when there was uh, two, two to three, four, five, six, yeah. seven thousand in it. I loved it. Yeah. My favourite ground of all time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And for that reason, the, I loved the it. people just, just uh, packed uh, in there yeah, and it was a great they, atmosphere. Yeah, they were there. Like, and I believe we averaged 63 seasons, something like five and a half thousand people wow, at all. That's phenomenal. You know, and, and it, it wasn't, it's like you say, it, it, 1964, I, I didn't play, I wasn't a regular that year, but there was nearly 10,000 at an, an Apia game. And that was, and in the same year, there was a lot of people at a Panhellenic game. We've had big crowds at, at the Budapest games, you know. The, so it was, well, you can see in some of the photographs yeah. that you can see that there's, Fantastic. You know, the people who surround the place. But that was, that was great. It was always, you're always close. You, you could hear the banter and so, <laughs> some of the stuff you didn't want to hear, but most of the stuff was good. So you did get critiqued sometimes as a player? Yes. And away games as well, uh, was that a bit of a, a bit of fun as well in terms of taking, I guess, you carpooled it up, different players yeah. drove with each other and, and went to the different grounds? And, and how did you... How did you find that? You were probably okay with it, playing with uh, Northside Polonia the, the couple of seasons and EPT the, the year before that. Yeah. So 
it was just a, a good day out, was it, on the Saturday? You'd leave, what, mid-morning and then yes. arrive home later on in the evening? Yeah, well, what, what I used to do was I'd go up there and I would stay with my the mates that... Are, that you originally came yeah, with? Or, or some of the guys that you we'd made up with. Two of us, two of the boys that came over had gone into the music business, okay. so they would moved on a bit. And the other big guy myself teamed up with a couple of Aussie blokes, and we had a we had a unit at not Neutral Base. So I used to go up there and stay with them on a Saturday. Wow! So you made a sort of, I guess, a big day, but yeah. a big night. Yeah, as well. that was the Saturday. It was a Sunday. I'd come back. Yep. I maybe go up there on a Saturday night with uh, Jim Kelly. Norna was up there on a Saturday night. So he was but, a, a disciplinarian yes, in that yeah. sense that he. Wanted you to be professional yeah. and, and not take too not, many liberties. Not that it wasn't. I never, you know, I never drunk or anything like that. Or, I stayed out late. I was, I was up there. The game was always the game, you know. Yeah. So your, your approach before the game was fine. It was yeah. just afterwards yeah. you wanted to be with your friends and, yeah. Yeah. and, and get out. So um, you came forth in the 63 season um, and, and were a regular in the defence. So um, what was it like coming out to, you know, that, that grand final against Arpy in front of 30,000? What were your thoughts when you first came out of the uh, ground or could you just hear it getting ready that there was a big, big mass of people? Couldn't hear it, but I've never experienced anything like it when I ran out in the ground because the, 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 there was no spaces. It's like, oh, my goodness, you know. It was, it was great. It was, it was fantastic. And so, for everyone, what ground was it played at? The old sports ground, yep. which is now going to be rebooted again, I believe. Yep. They're knocking down the one that took place at the old sports ground and going to build a new one. So thirty thousand, not a, you know, you, you couldn't see any spaces. It was no. just people everywhere. Yeah, and yeah, and talk us through through that game because I. I guess only looking at table position and and just history, um, Arpia probably came in as favourites. Oh yes, they were they were hot favourites. So uh, talk us through the game and who you marked and and what you can remember from the game. Well, the game was a bit of a blur, but I remember we we done something that nobody had done before. We 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 were taken up to a motel and. In Bexley North, and we we stayed overnight, and we all went to the game together. But I remember the first thirteen minutes because we were three nil up or something. Three three or four nil up in thirteen minutes, we were three nil up. Wow. Through the brilliance of Johnny Brownley, who shouldn't have been playing really because he Johnny played because one of our stars couldn't make it. And who was that? John Doherty. Yeah. And so um, at half time, it's what, three or, or four nil, was it? Or Three nil, I'm, I'm not sure. And so you come records. in and, and really, was, or was Jim sort of uh, saying, well, hey, it's not over yet, but or, or were everyone just so pleased with how it, had, how it had gone in that first half? I cannot remember. Travis, I can't remember what was said in Dresden, and that's unusual. Yeah. I can't remember. I, I knew it was, a, it was euphoric. Just a yeah. lot of adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was, 
I can't even remember much the second half. And so I think he's went out and won five nil. Four nil, we won. So, um, yeah. What What about uh, the scenes at the end of the game? Can you remember anything there? Or? Yes, that crowds were allowed to come onto the pitch. So there was a lot of. There were, I remember these uh, little Italians. They were carrying the Abia coffin, and I said, "Why are they doing that?" But they were Italians from Wollongong. Yeah, and, and that. That in itself was sensational because it was something like there was something like twenty, thirty, thirty buses yeah. went up to the ground from here. Wow! And there was on the way back, it was just a, it, it was like convoy. It was a constant stream of traffic on the way back. So I, I remember somebody asked me, "What do you reckon the number of people be there?" And I, I guess thirty thousand. And I, I worked it out. I said, "I reckon it'd be that." 15,000 people there to see Apia win and 15,000 people to see them lose. <laughs> I remember seeing that at work and uh, that's just about maybe what happened. So they were sort of the, the team that either their own fans loved and everyone else sort of wanted to beat them. Well, that was with us anyway, yeah. you know. I don't know what, but it was, it was certainly a great day. They had a great side too. So um, some of those uh, plays from that 63 team, um, do you want to, can you remember who played in roughly what position during the year and, and what, what made them good players? Uh, there's, there, was, there was a lot, there was a couple of players that people reckon played it but didn't play. I know, I know what the team was, the team was Will Billington, Barry Salisbury, yep. myself, Jim Kelly, Jim Harris, uh, Max Tolson, Bernie Harris, Michael Johnson, John Brownlee, Graham Barnett, and Dennis Patterson. So it was a good mix of, uh, I guess, youth and um, people from other countries and, and locals yeah, as well. Yeah, there were two locals there, Max and, and, and Dennis. Dennis. And Dennis was probably early on in his career. Yeah, Dennis, I'm not sure how old Dennis would have been then. Probably maybe 21, 22. Maxie would have been a bit younger, I think. But, but overall, you had a, a very strong squad. Oh, it was strong. It was, it was, you know, and that was probably the pinnacle of the year. You know, Max hadn't, Max hadn't played any competition games that year. Okay. And, uh, and he came in because of injury to someone else or, or just through selection? No, he came in through selection that I... Where, see, we, we lost, Pat Woods went home uh, half, um, towards maybe third of the season to go and it switched Barry Salisbury from half-back to full-back and brought in a bloke called Lenny Cowell and he played there for a while. And when we got to the finals, uh, uh, Michael Johnson had come out from England, but he wasn't real fit and he played reserves for a few games. He was a, a late signing, wasn't he? Yes, yes. And uh, when he came on, he was he was right and made a good contribution in the finals. And as, as did everybody, it was a great team effort. Johnny Brownlee was brilliant in the first 13 minutes. He just mesmerised Davia. Mesmerised him. Yeah, he mesmerised him. So, um, 
obviously uh, extremely, uh, like you said, euphoric and, and everyone's very happy. And, and so um, uh, Winuna, uh, Winuna Bulleye Sports and Social Club was, was, uh, was your or the club's uh, place to drink after games. Is, yeah. is that correct? Did yeah. you just get yeah. back, there, back there that evening? We did. We did. And so, and that was always part of uh, being a semi-professional footballer. That after, especially home games, you'd, you'd go back there and and tell us a bit about. I guess um, people are more used to in the Illawarra of having uh, a rugby league clubs or an RSL or Bolo, but this was a you know a sports and social club, but was yep. predominantly driven by um, soccer or football in those in in that era, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yes, it was, and. Uh, and it was a good, it was a little family sort of club, you know. It was a lot of people and new people and new people and new people. It was good atmosphere. It wasn't very big, but it was a good atmosphere. And I remember that night we went there and it was just, I think we were called, what were we called? Uh, the Gold Coast team or something. The Goal, G-O-A-L. That was <laughs> one of, that was one of Sid Fair's little, who was a journalist at the time. Who was very good. Sid was very good. So um, you said uh, earlier on that um, after the 63 season, the 64 season, you weren't um, weren't in the team. Was that due to injury or just uh, you just were out of form? Or? I, I did have an injury, but whether that had anything to do with it, I had, I had trouble with my leg was turned out to be sciatica. And I I did turn down a couple of times when he asked me to play first grade when there was injuries. I said, I don't think I could. So you just being so, honest? Yeah, well, I didn't want to go out and, uh, you know, destroy anything. And I just couldn't get it right. I tried everywhere until I went to uh, Mr Gibson at Thoreau, who was a blind man. He'd been blinded in the First World War. And he fixed me up. So I was ready to go in 65. I'd asked for a transfer. You had? Yes, and then uh, Kelly made a statement like he wanted overlapping fullbacks. So I said, I'll do me. So I I uh, asked to be taken back off. There's a little story in there somewhere that said, I asked to be taken back off because I didn't have any any offers from any other club. It's there's some there's some uh, journalists there. So um, sixty five, and then well, you were there until nineteen seventy um, at South Coast. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I guess from maybe uh, talking a bit more about um, the sixty nine season. Um, where you did win the league and were league champions. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I've, I'm, I'm on public record with many people saying um, winners win the league championship and losers sometimes win grand finals, and that's not to disrespect or disparage 1963 because that's the way uh, Australian football is. Yeah, yeah. So um, what were your, apart from, we'll get to 69, what were your recollections? Because South Coast was strong in 66, 67, 68, and we yeah. always thereabouts. And you were were part of those teams. So. Yeah, well, probably the best, in my opinion, the best side was 1965. Okay. Uh, and 
then you know I, I talk to some people and some people think the 64 side is but I'm not going to agree with that because I wasn't in it. <laughs> but, yeah, apart, apart from that, I thought 65 was... We won the championship 65 also. OK. Right, and uh, there, there was it was a little... It's a strange difference between 63 and 65 was when we made the grand finals... Uh, we made the finals in 63. Okay. The club had offered us 100... Hundred pounds a player to make and so if you could acquire the grand to, to, final. today's money, what? Oh, geez, I don't know. Would it be a, a, a thousand or two thousand dollars? Yeah, it could a, be. A lot of money. Um, yeah, a lot of money, and and because uh, remember, one bloke when we when we beat we beat Prague in, in the the final, and he jumped up and said, "Oh, hundred quid." <laughs> And then they said, okay, we'll give his 50 pound bonus if you win the grand final. So that's 150, 150 quid for three games. That was pretty big money. Ooh. That was, that was good. That was good money. Whether it would be pretty big or not, it was good money. Yep. And, that, and then that's what happened. But in 65, they couldn't offer us anything. So there was a few players there that weren't happy with that. So do you think that was just a change of committee level? Because, like, no, like you said, the crowds were still there. Or... The crowds are still there. I mean, I don't think South Coast United got much money out of the grand final. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the, the, the split up of takings were. But... but there was a bit of, I guess, dissension in the ranks that come 65, you yeah, thought you'd get yeah. the same offer that yeah, you got in yeah. 63. So I, I think there was very few players really give it to all. That's my opinion, yep. and I know some of the guys that did are pretty good, pretty good guys and pretty good friends of mine. So, so in, um, most of the English players went home that year after that. And um, and you and you think that that was one of the reasons why, in terms of that you were successful, but should have just been rewarded that little bit extra, like you were in '63. Yeah, well, uh, that that uh, fair enough. Yes, you know, like. But it's also fair enough if they can't give you the money. Yeah, I guess they'll either yeah, you know. be prudent or. So that that was that was it. That was sixty five, and sixty six. We we started off with I think there was there was Pat Woods, Jimmy Harris, Barry Salisbury, myself. So Jim we Kelly, were the, Jim Kelly's they're all gone. gone. They're gone. Yep. Most of them gone. Graham Barnett's gone. All the, all the. So who's managing the side? Uh, we had dual managers. Yep. Jimmy, Jimmy Harris, Harris. and Barry. Yep. And they were, uh, they were running the show. And we had a lot of young players like Errol Freem, Peter Beatty. So a bit of local talent in there. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, that, that was hard, but we did make the finals. I mean, we gave a reasonable account of ourselves. It was, it was a good year. We, we picked up a big centre forward called Charlie Dixon, yep. who was a big Scotsman, and he was he, he helped Errol Freem a lot. Errol scored a few goals that year. So, Had a good year. So in those years where you're at South Coast United, whether it be under um, Jim Kelly or, or Harrison... Salisbury, um, Barry, um, 
what sort of football did you play? What sort of style of football was it? It was pretty open, yep. you know, fairly attacking. It, it was, it was always, we always had wingers, you know, yep. like, and it, it, it was open, you know. So it was entertaining football to watch. Well, that, that's what I think. Like maybe if you watch some TV, it wouldn't be, you know. But it's uh, it, it, it was always something happening, you know. Like there was there wasn't so much of this holding the ball and passing three hundred times across the back and saying, "Hey, we've done three hundred passes," you know. <laughs> like so, it, it was a different style. And um, you're uh, you're enjoying your football, and then. And then successful. So, in terms of um, outside of football, how was uh, how was uh, life in Wollongong treating you? All right, good. Any young bloke was happy enough, you know. I played played a little bit of table tennis and done a bit of champion bowling. Yep. Uh, went to the clubs a bit, I suppose. And so, where were you working there? I was working at BHP. You were working at BHP. I worked. I got a job there, and I retired from there. <laughs> <laughs> so I also got married down here. So, and is is this where you uh, in the Illawarra is where you met your wife? Yes. Okay. At BHP, that's <laughs> her birth store. Yeah. And she was a, a a local girl. Yes. Okay. So. Um, the rest of the 60s and, and the rest of your time at um, South Coast United, uh, you must be uh, pretty proud that, you know, over those eight seasons and pretty much, say, 11 seasons in Federation football, yeah. that you yeah. were, I guess, more than a serviceable player. You'd represented your state. You'd been part of teams that had either won the league or won a grand final. You're pretty proud of, of what you achieved in, in Federation football? Yes, I am. I... I I think it's fair to say I was the only regular player in the three successful South Coast United teams. When I say that, I mean, at 63, Maxie Tolson played in that team, but he wasn't a regular player. He played yeah. in, in the semi-finals. Maxie played in 65, and he also played in 69. But I was a regular in the whole three seasons. So, you know, there's been some good players. 69, we had a good side. We had big George Ramage with Peter Wilson, Ian Cuthbert, Noddy, Max, Peter Beattie. And so some talented guys. Yeah, and, yeah. And what about those goalkeepers? Because uh, I see pictures of them and uh, Wilf and, uh, and George were just humongous. They, yeah, they looked yeah. huge and uh, I guess, I think it's always the case, but a, a huge keeper always gives uh, everyone confidence, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, Wolf to me was the best keeper I play with, because he he let you know what was going on, and he, you know, like you would never see a a goal headed in in the six yard line if Wolf or George or anything were in goals. They were goalkeepers, yeah. and, and just from my record, I don't think there's any goalkeepers today. I think the shot stoppers. Yeah, I, I just watched last night couple of errors by goalkeepers cost goals because they can't pick a ball up six yards out. So it was a good time. So that um so what ended um ended your time at South Coast United? Was it your own decision or was it someone else's making? No, it's it gets to be political and other things where they bring out 
They bring like new players. They have to look after them. And somebody has to go. So in 1970, I played a couple of games, and then they they brought out some new players. And it got to the stage where I was going to be the one who was going to be left out. So they offered me a job with the coach in the 18s, which I took, and I was enjoying. So that was sort of a, a bit of an olive branch to say, hey, yeah, well, time, time uh, well, on yeah. up in the first team, but we appreciate what you've done, and, it, it, and it obviously have, you wanted to coach, did you? Yeah, and I wanted to play reserve grade. I wanted to play football. Yep. M- mainly, the, the greatest thing is playing football. Yep. It beats coaching, beats managing, beats committees, I, I beats agree. anything. I agree. So I, I, I was... Doing that, I wasn't playing. Was I was enjoying the coaching until I had an incident where I was going to leave a player out because he wasn't doing what I wanted him to do. I thought, you know, to the detriment of the team. So it was a game against one of the Sydney teams. So I said, you won't be playing, you're on the bench. And with that... The treasurer secretary came over and said, you can't do that. I says, I'm doing it. He says, you can't. He said, his father takes the car up to Sydney and he takes four or five players with him. He's got to play. He says, he's not playing. And he said, okay. He said, the first grade coach will pick a team from now on. I said, no, he won't. He said, uh, well, he might because I'm leaving now. Uh, and then that's when I signed with Paul Lai. <laughs> so that's, uh, like you said, uh, throughout that period that you were there, it was a professionally run club. And then at, at that point in time, obviously something had changed when you were uh, dictating to, doesn't matter, and for our listeners, listeners' benefit, there was a first team, a reserve team, and a, a youth team. Yeah. So it, it seems um, uh, bizarre that that you're in the top flight of, of state football and then you're you're coming to your coach. Doesn't matter if it's a youth grade coach, and, and telling him, "Well, this guy carpools a couple of the younger players." Yeah, yeah. And we're gonna you don't you have to pick our way or based on who drives players. Yes, That's, yeah. So I think um, anyone listening to this would think, "Well, you made the right decision because you just, I guess, dig yourself into a hole where you're really someone else's puppet." Yeah, and unfortunately, that happens a lot today. Yeah, that's true. It, it happens a lot today where where some kids miss out because daddy puts money into a team yeah. or something like that. Uh, so times don't really change in some respects, do No. They? See, it, it's, if you go back into a whole lot of politics, there's a whole lot of different things go on. Like there's, there's guys that are running football clubs or even then that were on committees but didn't have say... All they did was, uh, I've got to get paddle pops for the yep. for the canteen. That, which is all right. You need all those people, yep. you know, but it's they shouldn't be on a committee yep. that runs a football club. So um, so do you think um, you left there with a bit of a sour taste in your mouth? Or did it? Or are you, uh, you the sort of person to say, okay, look, I'm going to stand by what I said. Yeah. This is the right thing to do. You want to select the team? Well, I'm not going to be here. 
and then you just sort of left, but you didn't really sort of leave on, like, it wasn't great terms, but you just said, well, hey, I'm off. It was okay. Everything was everything was fine, you know. I had a good year, but a good run. But I could have gone long. If it was today's times have gone, you know. People used to look at you and say, "Hey, you're thirty. You're too old." <laughs> Alex Bross, thirty-four. You know, like, yeah. different era. Lisa Devana, thirty-four, playing for the Matildas. You know, it's it's, uh, it's all different. So. Um I have uh, spoken to Roy Hancocks. Um, it was one of these interviews, and so um, you know, uh, we'll get into it in the next uh, year or two of your career, um, your interaction with the Bullock Committee. But um, uh, obviously, being in the area, did they obviously know what had happened with uh, the youth grade team? And, and then that's when they, uh, the Bullock Committee, came in and gave you a tap on the shoulder and said, "Well, we'd uh, we'd love you to play because." For our listeners' benefit, there's there was a, a South Coast United and Bowgatti were in the second division, and they were the two state league teams. But underneath the uh, IDSA had a very strong competition as well, and, and Bulleye were one of the the big teams along with Bulambi and um, and those sort of teams of that era. So they came to you, did they? Yes, yeah, so I think it might have, the information might have been fed to them by South Coast and. They were the only club that South Coast would let me go to. Okay. That was that was the provider that I had to play under contract. Yeah, and, I, and then when I signed for Bulleye, I thought, oh, maybe I can get out of this now because I'm with Bulleye, and Balgani had made an approach, right? Yeah. So. Bulleye wouldn't let me go because we can't. <laughs> so. I never got to Balgani. And so what were your, your thoughts then of uh, a boy who were, uh, I guess, then playing in gold with a bit of green um, and yeah, gone from they, South Coast? So what were your, how many more matches did you play in that? Um, was it midway through the 1970 season or was it at the end of the season and you started the 71 season? with? No, Bulleye? it was midway through. Midway through? Yeah. And what were yeah. your thoughts... Um, was it that much of a drop between Federation Football and the the local IDSA club? Roy would be horrified to what I'm going to say next. You can say what you because want. I got there and I said, what's going on? Where are all the players? Yep. I'm saying, I'm all at the right ground. Yep. Nobody seemed to be turning up. So the the attitude towards training at that stage at Bulleye wasn't very good. Some yep. very good players. Paul Hancock was a good player. You know, they they had Butchie Bagger and all those guys. They were great, a couple of good kids. So apart from that difference where you were in an extremely good semi-professional setup, it yeah. sort of, there was yeah. that, those differences, but yeah. uh, apart from that, you you come into a very strong team yeah. in that yeah. league. And, yeah. and did you enjoy the rest of that 1970 season playing? I did. I always enjoyed being on the field, yep. you know, and... Uh, it, it, was, it was a bit different, but, you know, you, you used to play on a fairly high standard. But there were some very good players in the in the district, you know, and 70 was, a th- I'm not sure, did we back the semis? We might, we might have, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Can't even remember. And that Balambi was certainly one of the top sides. I'm not sure that Berkeley hadn't come through yet. 
Coniston would have been one of the top sides. So it was a like a difference in standard as, Coromel, as it should be. But, but you enjoyed yourself the rest of the nineteen seventy yeah, season to yeah, say, well, yeah. come nineteen seventy one, I'm I'm going to stay here. Or did yeah. you still have aspirations to maybe play Federation football with say Bowgani? Well, I'd given that up at yep. that stage. You know, seventy one, I was. I was then 33, yep. so I, and Bulleye had offered me, they had offered me uh, a little bit of, of money to coach and play. Okay. So that was a stead there, and that's for me. We had a pretty good year. In 71? Yeah. So in that 71 season, um, did you uh, change that um, slightly different approach where in terms of training and whatnot, you uh, got people to training and... And um, got it to be how you liked it to be in terms of a professional. And let's come to training. Let's let's take this seriously. There were still times there where some of the better players didn't come training. Okay. You know, maybe they worked in mind till they worked. That's okay. fine. Whatever the reasons were, a lot of them, a lot of the good players didn't come. Yep. And but they played good football. So what we had to do that year was play well. Yep. And the you know, particularly against teams like Glamby, who would always run over us. They'd always run over us in the end because they were fit, sharp. They had a coach that didn't take nonsense. And the players just done what they asked because that's what the players were like too. They were, they were right behind them. I'm not saying the players weren't right behind me, but they had they had a different aspect to it, you know. If Bulleye had to come training, all the good players had to been regular trainers, yep. would have been... Streets ahead. And so good side. So you're having a, a playing coaching, and so in the 72 season you continued... Playing coaching, or were you coaching more in that 72 season? I was still playing, still coaching, playing. yeah. And so um, at, at some point in time, I don't know when in the year, um, you then uh, were relieved of your coaching duties. Yes, yeah. um, I was, I was. I was relieved. And I, 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 <laughs> Not I, relieved, I, but relieved. <laughs> but I did a, I, I do a bit of research uh, of the old uh, Illawarra Mercury and and I think the South Coast Times had merged with the Laura Mercury by then. So I've read yeah. some papers of that time, but um, one article had that you were, you know, not the coach anymore. Yeah. And then the following week, you were still playing. So yeah. um, does that say more about you than, say, some people, if they were player coach, would say, well, if you don't want me as a coach, I'm leaving. And so what, what were you thinking at that point in time? The whole thing was, Travis, they rang me up at home, and the only... The only person that wasn't at that meeting was my next-door neighbour, who was Jeff Potter. And everybody, apparently they had a full meeting, players and everybody. So it was, the president rang me up and said, I were relieving you, what for, blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't matter. And uh, (laughs) it was too late to get a transfer. Yep. So and like you said, you just wanted to. I play. wanted to play, so I kept playing there. And and, and some of the ironies of the thing was they dropped me out of first grade to play reserve grade, which you know was a bit was a bit hard to tell. But I still played, 
and uh, we won the grand final. And I scored the winner. In reserve grade? In reserve grade. And, uh, but, guess, yeah, that was hard to take. I guess uh, a lot of people, maybe including myself, wouldn't have been able to take being A, relieved of their coaching position and still play, but then being dropped out of first grade. So um, it probably says more about you as a, as a person than anything else that once you've committed to something, you, you'll you'll see it through. Yes, well, that's the way it is. That's the way it is with me. And uh, like, it's funny, when they did drop me out of... It's comical. When they dropped me out of first grade, one of the reasons they give was I had three or four chances to score against Tarawana and didn't. But I did that on purpose, according to some okay. of the, the blokes. And so you'd change from a defensive position in no, federation? No, I'm just going up for corner kicks because oh, they're okay. always pretty good in the yeah. air. And they were all headers, went over the bar. Okay. I said, if I can put one in the back of your net, that's where it's going. If you can put one in the onion bag, you it's going. It it's going. It doesn't matter, you know. Oh. I wasn't going to put it over the bar because, you know, because it didn't like what they're doing to me at ball. I wouldn't put everything in the bag. You well, know? you're still turning up to play. Yeah. Okay, so at the end of the 72 season, um, where do you go from there? I went, uh, had a couple of years at Fernhill. Uh, playing coaching still? Uh, no, they, that is another one. The, the guys at Fern Hill were pretty good. They they had a coach the year before who uh, apparently went on the field and done things that he shouldn't have done, so they said uh, they didn't want to play a coach. I said, okay. fair enough. That's okay. And uh, the, the guys there were... Good, because Laurie, Laurie Kelly was president then. Who uh, ended up having a, a big say in uh, in the Wolves. And, yes, he had a big say in a lot of things. And, uh, and helping a lot this of good. region immensely in terms of soccer or football, well, and, in terms of facilities and yeah, and, and, yeah. and development. Yeah, yeah. So that was it. I took that, and that was that was great. Was there a, was there a part of you, um, what I'm getting talking to you so far, that... The playing had meant a lot to you, and, and for a long time, was there a part of you that sort of was sort of um, not unhappy, but a bit sad that you'd finished up playing? Yeah, yeah, and uh, but you know sometimes things turn themselves around, and uh, in case of you know sometimes injuries happen or a player not available, and I've said to the committee, I said because I had a sign anyway, I had a register because of some. Some Somewhere. insurance region, yeah. uh, reason or something like that, but I I said we're short. I said I think I can put it on the boats. I said you'll have to trust me, yeah. and they were a bit reluctant, particularly the what had happened to you before uh, with with the other coach here, and but he he was a reasonable friend of mine, but he was a smart fella, and and. Well, I said, I said, I won't let you down. I said, I, I'm gonna, I, when I want to step on the field, I'm there to help people. I'm not, yeah. uh, you know, You're I'm not, not there to do things. I'm not, you know, I, because my time's gone. And and that was it. So I started to uh, play again. So and was that 73? Yeah, half, halfway through 73. Yeah. So that was good. <laughs> 
So uh, you spent another season at uh, Fernhill in 74? Yeah, I think I spent, what, 73, 74, 75, I think. Okay. And, uh, I think. And always competitive? Yeah, I love playing, yeah. I love being competitive. And were you still, you know, 74 and 75 seasons more coaching or sometimes you did play when they were short in those seasons? Yes, I, I coached, I was mainly coach. Yep. Played, played in goalkeeper, I played, you know, down forward, played, yeah, wherever, wherever it was needed, needed to go, yeah. And they were, that's the best club I've ever been with. Yep. Burnhill's my favourite club. And so um, at that time, uh, people uh, wouldn't be aware that they played in, uh, played at Reedtown, um, at Pop Arrington Park. Yes, yes. Um, and... Um, and I live near there, so that's why um, people who know me know that I'm a proud uh, Reedtown resident, or was. Oh, um, right. So that one, um, out of a lot of grounds, was an extremely small ground. It was. So um, it was very intimate, and um, on a windy day, a, a keeper from both ends could potentially uh, uh, score a goal, couldn't they? Which Zach did, not in my time, not in my watch, but apparently Big Zach had scored a couple of goals, I'm not sure, where, he, where he'd done it twice in his career. And who, and who was that? Zach Pasilos. Yep, okay. So, yeah, it was a it was an intimate ground, but a, a good suburban ground. It, it was a good ground when you were old and not as quick. <laughs> <laughs> so what were... Um, uh, the crowds like uh, uh, for the IDSA games compared to the Federation. I guess there was nowhere near no, the crowds near because it. people would still watch yeah. the Federation games. Um, but it was still uh, people were still attending. A couple hundred people. Or yeah, yeah. Well, I believe it. The two Bulambi Grand Finals we played in the what was seventy one. Yep. I think they were up around you know two and a half thousand. Wow. Which was pretty good there. I'm not sure what sort of crowds they used to get before, but there wasn't a lot of crowds at the games. You know, it was usually, you know, family, people, friends, people and involved. supporters. You know, and people involved. And so uh, you had good time there with Laurie Kelly and, and the guys at Fernhill. And, um, and and what was the the change in circumstances that led you to finishing up there in in, in 75? Oh, I think it's just you need a change. Yep. You, you know, the club needs to change, you, you need, need a change. change. So I believe, uh, I, I think 76 I went to Balami. Yep. I had a year there. As a coach? As a coach, yeah. Yep. Uh, we made the finals that year. I, I believe we won the Burbank Cup that year. Okay. Okay, and um, was it in this sort of time where you were at Fernhill and, and Balambi that you you coached the Illawarra team as well? I did, it was with... Um, when you were at Fernhill? Fernhill, I coached the Illawarra side against Chelsea. Yep, and so uh, and how was that experience? That, oh, great, it was fantastic. Because people um, in that, in that uh, well, even, I guess, 50s, 60s and 70s, uh, a lot of top top club sides from around Europe um, came out to Australia yeah, and, w- yeah. and would come down to the south coast to either play the federation teams or, or a representative yeah, team. Yeah. So, um, you know, these days it wouldn't happen that Chelsea would come down to a, a yeah, suburban play, ground and yeah, play a, a local yeah, representative yeah. team. So it must have been a, 
a huge buzz for you and the players. It was. It was a great night. We were a bit worried. Barry Barry Scott was the manager, and we were a bit worried because the weather. Yeah. It was a bit wet beforehand, and we were just worried. But we got the game through, and it was, you know, it was good. But I also played against Chelsea the time before that. Okay. When they visited in '65, yeah, they did come out earlier, didn't they? Yeah, and we played against them at uh, we played them at at Balls Paddock. And how did you? Uh, I guess there's not too many people that have I guess played uh, in Australia, played against Chelsea, and then and then coached, coached against them. Yep, yep. So that's a, a good trivia question. Yes, yeah, so it was. Uh, and actually, I I was with the club, and they were talking. People said, uh, "You what?" And I said, yeah. I said, no, unfortunately, they won't tell you because they're right last year, weren't they? Chelsea were here yeah. last year, or a year recently. before, yeah. yeah. It was only so I, two out of three times, I participated in games against <laughs> them. <laughs> I didn't even get to see them for a time. Yeah. So you're at Bolambi, and then, and then, uh, where did you go after that? Oh, I was at Victory for a few years. Yep. I coached them first grade. wasn't very successful. Because um, they 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 had done well for a couple of years before, and on to Wally Wally Miller, yep. and, uh, and Wally was the the bloke that I introduced to Fig Tree, yep. and uh, he done a great job there. Wally done he he sort of brought the club up. And so uh, was was Fig Tree your last coaching role, or were you? I finished up with my favourite club for a year or two. At Fernhill? Yeah. Yep. With Jerry Walker. Okay. And was that more to help him out? Um, or was he still playing at that point? Jerry, he played a couple of games, but he wasn't a regular player. He, he did play some games in, uh, in in reserve grade. And so what year was that? that you oh, goodness. Final year? I, would that be 88? It would have been 88 because the work that I'd have had done 25 years playing, coaching, so after or officiating. In 76, you had a two or three years um, at Victory. Yeah. So what were you doing in between, say, 79 and 80 and, and 88? I was I was always at Victory. So always involved. Yeah, yeah. I was at Victory. I was... On, on the committee. And, and, and coaching. I, I coached all the way through. I coached mostly 18s. Yep. Uh, 70. And that's when, I guess you were, I guess Robards was involved then and, and then you played with a former teammate in Phil Carr, uh, who you played with, but he was the, the coach there. Yeah, yeah, Phil was the coach. Luke and Phil were co-coaches at, when would that be? That would have been... Maybe seventy eight on, yeah. And so you were still involved in the in the lower I, grades. Yeah, I I wasn't happy after seventy seven. We won we won the reserve grade grand final because I that sort of that sort of said to me, well, you're not such a bad coach because the reserve grade and first grade train together, as you might know. Yep. So you know, you always had to work them both together. So the first grade were leading the comp with four weeks to go and we didn't make a semis. The reserve grade was bottom at the end of the first round and we made the semis and we won it. So it says, well, 
you know, all that bad, like yeah. you couldn't get the first grade in. But And then I had a meeting which lasted till about half past 12 in the, in the car park at Western Suburbs Leaves Club. I thought, I said to the officials, I'm not going to go. I said, but what I would like to do, I would like to coach your 19s yeah. with, with the aim of trying to make, you know, get players for your first grade. And Which that's pretty important in, in local league. Well, that's what they don't, the clubs don't do now, except for maybe a, there's a few local clubs do it now, but some of the, some of the other clubs don't. They would rather spend money and, you know, on imports rather than. Yeah, exactly. But I, we, we, we had a good, a good years with the 18s. So you spent those remaining years of, those next eight or nine, ten years in the, yeah, the lower uh, divisions of, of of the Fig Tree Club, yeah. and, and that was a successful period for the club in general, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yes. And I also had uh, also done another year of first grade. I'm not sure what, but that might have been by eighty six, eighty seven, or something. Okay. But uh, that wasn't successful either. I'd, <laughs> but I've done things that no other coaches. Done. And what, and what would they be? That would be leaving out your star players. I mean, you know, I've, I've done that a few times because I don't think they're playing, and, playing well enough. Yeah, and... or doing the right thing. Yep. But it, it was never vindicated until years later. Yeah. Like, example of Bulleye. I went to a reunion there at the Workers' Club. Yeah. And, uh, Roy, Roy Hancock, he said, we've done the wrong thing. He apologised to me. And even just as, as uh, recent as two years ago, my, my grandson was playing a bulleye. And uh, Edie, his wife, said to me, they knew they'd done the wrong thing. You know, and it's sort of, it's sort of you know, it's... It doesn't matter. I like the people anyway, so yeah. it doesn't. But it makes you feel a lot better that some people do recognise that what happened. Yeah. But uh, you know, and, and and the player that I dropped, he said to me, "I never done the right thing by you." And he was one of the best players that ever played football in this district. Yes. Yeah, so, I, I, you always you always try to do the right thing. Sometimes it's not. It doesn't seem the right thing, but it's what you what know. You, you feel it, what you feel, and I've no regrets about anything in football. So um, it's been a, a, a big part of your life, and and did that um, carry on in terms of uh, you spoke about your grandson? Did that love of football transfer to in your family as well in terms of your children? Um, did it, they play, or or were you involved in? My my son never played much. He played a couple of times, but he wasn't he wasn't inclined that way to be a sport person. He liked playing. Like when his first games, he would get a stick and start knocking the tops of daisies, sort of thing. My daughter was she was a good athlete, so we were tied up with that. Plus, I started to play golf a bit. Yep. Started to play ten pin balls again. So, and. Uh, so you no. still still love the game? Football? Yep. Yeah, but I'd still rather be playing it. Yeah. 
I did. I did play till I was fifty-two. And was that just in amateurs or? No, that was in the steelworks comp. Yeah. <laughs> I kept going down. Yeah, you know, I, I go down. I played a I played a couple of games in the. Uh, Oh, that this this the comp, the Christian comp or something. Church league. Yeah. Church league. Yeah. That was an experience. I was I was going there to help blokes out. I was coaching. I was coaching the eighteens at Fig Tree, and one of the guys I worked with, they said, "We're, we're short. Would you come over?" I said, "What time do you play?" I said, oh, "One o'clock or something." So come over, and then they brought us into a huddle. And then somebody said a prayer to protect them all. <laughs> and then it says it was supposed to start kicking the daylights out of each other. <laughs> I said, what's going on here? You know, like, uh, great days. And Football's so, been good to me. And I think uh, people tend to forget that. We, you know, um, I was always excited when you, uh, when we spoke that I could interview you because you've, you've done a lot in your career in, in terms of playing and coaching and it's a, a fascinating journey now hearing it. But... People tend to forget as well that, um, and you've spoken about it quite a bit, and even just a little bit now. There's these lesser leagues are important as well, you know, whether it be reserve grade or youth grade, they're important to people as well. And and like you said, the Steelworks comp that still had a lot of good players there from from you know whether it's Uruguayans or, or yeah, whatnot, you know, yeah, that, yeah, that had some good players that probably didn't have the time to play because they were working, but yeah, there was still a release there, so that would have been a a fascinating thing because BHP had, you know, at one stage twenty odd thousand people there. So yeah, yeah, it would have been a, a great place to play some football as well. That was interesting. It was interesting the Steelworks Cup. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, that was it. That's, uh, I remember I used to, I used to get picked in the general manager's team, and you know I'd get done it. Uh, there was one general manager came along and I knew. Him. From when he was a young bloke in BHP, you know, I, I used to love that because some of my managers would bring this guy down. He just arrived, and he said, "Gonna bring you in, introduce you to the general manager. He's coming down today. You better meet him." I said, "All right." You know? <laughs> and anyway, when he got to my office, my little office, he pushed past my manager, and he said, "How you going, Ringo? <laughs> What's going on here?" So he used to, he used, when I played for him and he was there, he used to like me to Arthur Beach and he said, you don't run around, I see. I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> I said, see all those young blokes, they're the ones that run around. I still, just passed still, the ball. Still a good compliment. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, if, uh, finishing the interview off, um, is there a, a couple of times where, and you know, your career is extensive, but... If you, from a playing perspective, um, is there a, a couple of highlights that sort of you, you either think about regularly or you're extremely proud about? Well, the first one, of course, is playing for Ireland, and and then the 1963 Grand Final. They're they're probably two of the big highlights yep. of a football career, yep. and coaching like coaching. Against Chelsea, it's highlights. It, probably every time I st- stepped on the field, it was a highlight. Travis, you know, I just love the game. Yep. Still love it. Can't play it, but still love it. Well, uh, I think we'll end it on that note. And um, I'm extremely uh, appreciative of you letting me into your house and and telling me about your time. Uh, you're a great bloke, and and thanks for your time, Adrian. 
pleasure, mate. Thanks very much, Travis. Great, mate. Thank you.